G'day everyone. We're here with the Flight of the Knicks podcast. I'm Holly on Gadigal Land in Sydney. We've got uh, Jonathan in Rotorua and Denise, I'm not quite sure. I'm in Nelson. Nelson. Ah, the sunniest place in New Zealand. <laughs> yes. Oh, how Ma- sweet. Made it to the beach today. It was awesome. <laughs> how good. All right, so we're here to have a quick chat about the two women's games that we had. Let us start with... Brisbane Raw. So I flew up. Uh, it was Brisbane Raw two to the Phoenix one. Uh, Raw had Yellop and Stevenson scoring. We had Isabel Cox. We opened the scoring with, I think, a very nice header from Isabel Cox. Thoughts on the game? I thought we had it. <laughs> I thought we were going to win this one. Mm. Hurts. It does. I think, um, you know, conceding that second goal was just a howler from, I mean, pe- people mostly said it was a howler from Foster, but actually that whole move started further back. Hayley Davidson received the ball, played this very awkward back pass straight down the line into the very, very corner of our defence. Mackenzie Barry had to sprint to collect it. And then she turned and she played it to Riley. Um, at that point, Haley could have put it out or put it, like, just kicked it up the line. And then Mac, she only had that one option, which is why the Raw um, pressured Riley, because they knew, like, if she's going to pass it, there's only one person she's going to pass it to. Um, perhaps at that point it would have been good to put that out. And then Riley, instead of hitting it first time, made a, a bit of a hash of, a couple of touches, and then you don't want to give that to to Mika Yellup. To be fair, though, we got ours back this week, but that's in the next review because, you know, we scored this week off a goalkeeper blunder. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a howler. To, to chip the keeper, you know, like they're playing full press, chip the keeper, scored the goal. It's like, but just going back to that Isabel Cox header, that was a – that was quite a goal. I really enjoyed that one because she had the height. She had the presence of mind. She knew where the ball was, um, which is something that we didn't do when Brisbane got their second goal. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, just to riff off that, Jonathan, as, as something positive to build on. Isabel Cox is good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's big, tall, strong. You know, you can build some set pieces off of her. And, um, you know, the Knicks are going to need some rays of hope. And she's definitely one of them. Kind of crushed me uh, that she wasn't at um, this week's match. But, you know, footballers have life. And I'm sure she negotiated that into her contract. It's her sister's wedding. What? Oh, my God. Because we follow Isabel on Instagram. Not just a wedding, it's the wedding. Like they're on a boat and they're at the <laughs> beach. Like anyway, who, who's worried about football? Like she's at a wedding, she's on a boat. Like, <laughs> and they're all good looking people. Like the men, the women, like everybody else is like, man, that's how you do a wedding. <laughs> and her dad has this amazing song. But anyway, but not let's get back to football. Sorry. I'll... <laughs> 
yeah, it was unfortunate to, to miss her and a couple of other people for um, the game we had on Friday. But, yeah, that was a nice goal. The way she just had those, like, a tiny little bit of movement to make the space for herself was was really good. Because um, what second, um, just yeah, I was just watching the the highlights of that game and and that second goal which we gave, Karen was the first goal of the second goal and um our it was from a set piece Brisbane had a corner and not naming names but a couple of our defenders were unaware of actually where the ball was and so Brisbane were able to to connect with it and popped it into the net, um something to work on. Which game? Are you sure that that was that game? Or was I what? Oh, I'm no, sure you it was might the Brisbane game. Oh no, that's right. The Mariners oh. game. It must have been the Mariners game. So because the the uh, the Brisbane second goal, I don't I don't know why, but for some reason, straight from kickoff uh, for the second half, we tried to shoot for goal, uh, and then uh, they received the ball, and uh, what's her face made a really really good run out wide and then played the ball in and one of the air forwards basically tapped it in, I believe. So that was um, unfortunate to uh, – we just – I think Hayley Davidson got skinned by uh, – oh, God, I can't remember her name. She was a very fast player. Very – Sean Fryer. Yeah. So that was um, disappointing. And I think the team were, again, quite upset about that loss. Macy Fraser seemed particularly upset about that loss. Now, in that loss, there was a there was a rather controversial point, which is that there was a clear and obvious handball to Brisbane that wasn't picked up on, and we can and I I noticed that in the Unite round, which is, was just this weekend, there were repeated. In different matches, there were other periods where handballs also occurred and they weren't picked up. So that handball at that Brisbane game cost the Knicks at least a draw, possibly the win. But to see that same thing happening, and we had it again in this weekend, again, in the Knicks game, there was a handball that wasn't seen. That one was pretty blatant, that that raw one. and. I was talking to some Raw fans because uh, we hung out with them quite a bit this Unite round, and they said, oh, it was the ball hit her body, so it was body to hand. I mean, you can't have your arms stuck that far out and no. uh, standing in goal, and it's really unf- – I mean, refs aren't perfect. They're not – they don't have eyes in the back of their head, but it is. it was so blatant it is unfortunate that that wasn't noticed by, by yeah. anyone um, – her arm, the, the the Brisbane defender's arm was at a 90 degree angle from her body. It wasn't it wasn't even like it was close to her body. There was no natural position there whatsoever. It hit her arm. The ball flipped away, and the first thing the Brisbane defender did was stick her arm up, going, "Oh, that, you know, that was off them. That was off them." And completely like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, that was painful. That was so painful. I have one solution to that. No one was going to like me for saying it. VAR, one solution, and it will take away some of the pressure and some of the angst, and really some some people, coaches can get fired for not achieving certain points during the league, and 
certain standards. And if you have refs that hey, don't see everything, the, um, the, ref- the, the solution is VAR and put in a couple extra cameras and, and review it. The problem is that the lack of camera angles and the standard that um, these stadiums often are. So that is the the money thing is the big, big, big barrier. I mean, look, refs make mistakes. Mm. Or like, think about how many mistakes you make as a player mm. on the field. But yeah, and and so look, it's sort of like missing an open goal to happen. So, um, and we don't tend to fire players. For that but yeah VAR would be of assistance in those blatant moments but at the moment we've got human error and it is what it is but it is a, it is quite a frustrating thing to have seen because that could have been a point potentially for us yeah I think I think a point for sure and who knows I mean it's getting tight in the table and a point might make a difference any other thoughts on that game before we move on to the Mariners game Nope. All right, let's move on to the Mariners game. So uh, we had a good little corner of yellow turnout for that. Uh, obviously, it was supposed to be a home game for the Knicks. I really wish that it had been a home game considering our rather poor away form. I think maybe we could have gotten something out of that with, with how we're going. Um, it is what it is. Um, and Jonathan, I can have a chat about um, Unite Round generally as well. But anyway, so... It's that same thing where we score first uh, and then we just don't hold on to the game. So Emma Main, third minute, great finish, really tight, nice. Like She's got a little bit of curl on that for it to go around um, the keeper and, and that, was, that was a really nice finish and that was a keeper mistake that we did uh, run down. Rola Bardawir with a really nice sort of shimmy around Mickey Foster to put the ball in the back of the net in the 23rd minute. Peter Trimmis, who is young but a very, very good player, scoring that, and we just could not get back in the game, even though we had that very weird goal mouth scramble that somehow did not go in, but uh, to another loss away. Thoughts? The 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 first couple of opening minutes um before Emma Main got her goal, Zoe McMeekin put on a masterclass of defence against, um, I can never say her name properly, but the Mariners number nine, because the way you pronounce her name isn't the way it's written. But Zoe put on a masterclass and absolutely closed it down. And that's when the ball then went up the pitch um, and the pressure went on to you know, the Mariners goalkeeper and, and we got that goal. But that opening sequence from, from Zoe was, that was great to watch. Um, the goal was great, and then, yeah, there was. We don't want to do another Izzy Gomez like celebration podcast because this time they beat us. But she's so good. She's a, just a, an out and out number six. She broke up the ball. She swoops in like a seagull and and just grabs the the, the loose crumbs that are floating around. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes to see you get beaten by your ex. <laughs> how, uh, how how frustrating. But, you know, actually, I think it was on Dubzone they were talking about the uh, Mariners team giving a few players their third chance and that they're, they're flourishing there. So 
that was this is as you game as his third team and, and she is flourishing there. Um so we I don't like this, but we decided to move. We were down the end that we were attacking. We set up early. I had those banners up on before we even watched the first game. They were already there. And then Yellow Army showed up and set up right next to us, which was actually fine because we were at, we were had a good bit of banter. They have a chant where they say, we sing for Yellow. And every time they did it, we we're like, thank you. And, you know, we were like getting in on their chants but making it Phoenix. It was, it was funny. And, and we know those guys. So that was really good. We decided to move to the other end, um, which I guess we didn't concede more, any more goals, but I'm not I, – I just felt iffy about, like, packing up and moving to the to the other end. Uh, it didn't work. But then it didn't get worse, so I, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it, was a, it was a good turnout. Um, unfortunately, the score didn't go away, but I think we did have a really positive time otherwise. Yeah, y'all at Little Corner or Yellow are just killing it this season, especially for the women. I love it. I mean, hats off to y'all. Just a great atmosphere for our, our women to walk into in an away match. Now, can you imagine if they start winning? <laughs> so one of the things um, that I think is coming back to bite us a little bit now with is that we have a team that is really solid with a packed with a lot of midfield players but they're not overly tall and so we we kind of you know we've got Zoe McMeekin who's nice and tall we've got Isabel Cox who's tall we've got Speckmeyer Speckmeyer up the front who's tall but actually across that middle section we we just I think we're I just think we're getting a little bit dominated by other teams because because of just I think we're giving up a bit of height that's what I'm trying to say and I just wonder whether what do we do to counter that what do we do to tighten that up because Annalie Longo is playing fantastic football Annalie is is great you know she got player of the match Macy is doing really great. Um, you know, Kate Taylor was a little you know, was a little bit tired or absent um, in that match for for whatever reason, and then we had Alyssa Wynnum, and you know Longo is, is short but strong. Macy is short, and she and her and, and Alyssa Wynnum kind of have that same technical ability. Um, but well, I think without Cox there, we we just gave away some physicality, and I think that's where Marin has got over us. What, I don't know, what did you see? What do you think? Am I on the wrong track? I just think teams have figured us out. You know, um, it's so far into the season now, and teams have figured out who to press, hmm. when to press, how to set up, um, and we need to be able to switch it up a little bit more, play the ball, maybe play the ball wider, more crosses, especially now that we've got Isabel Cox. Um they know that we're going to try and play through the lines. They know to crowd out Macy Fraser at the top of the box. I think we're also making decisions on like doing the same thing over and over again and it not working. One of my pet peeves at the moment is Macy shooting from too far out. I'm going to assume that that is a decision by the team uh, or by, by Paul to do that. I know there was... Uh, 
there've been a couple of free kicks that were shots from way too far out. And I would say that in that moment, that call has come from the bench. I don't know quite how much it is when it's coming from, like when it's in the middle of play um, and Macy's been successful with a few of those, whether there's just this thing of like, oh, I'll make a fraction of space and I'll shoot, even if there are better options. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it is doing my head in, um, particularly with the set pieces, to shoot from miles out. There's no way. But Ronaldinho can score from out there. We are not going to score from out there. Um, it's a total waste. Like, just put the ball into into the box where at least someone can get onto it. It's such a waste. And it, it started to become quite frustrating. So I think maybe we need to change up. <clears throat> Some of the things that we're doing, uh, obviously that's a decision of Paul and his team and that, you know, they're more qualified than armchair um, critics like uh, we are. So I don't know. But that's that's the sense I get is that we've been figured out. Um, and then on top of that, we're just not taking our chances, our good chances. Ding, 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 ding. You are so right on that, Holly. I mean, oh, the amount of times I've gone just put it into the box create some chaos in the box you know we just we don't have the legs right now to um you know bang it in from outside the box just just create some rebounds create some chaos um and you know we can get a a foot or a something on it um the most high percentage goals are literally right in front of the goal (laughs) like put it in a place that's high percentage Watching um, Mariana Speckmeyer play, like she, you know, even like some of her longer shots are still within a, a you know, pretty good, you've got, they're higher percentage shots than, as you say, shooting it from a way back out of the box. And Mariana will, I don't know, maybe it's just an age thing to it. She just has that little bit more presence of mind. She just takes that little extra split second before she um, fires a shot off. I just um, looked at the stats. <clears throat> that game, we had more shots outside the box than we had shots inside the box. Seven to five. Yeah. Um, but we had like we have more passes, more accurate passes. Just I don't know. Teams have figured us out. I, yeah, I think just going back to your point, Holly, about they figured us out. I think um, you're absolutely right, and. What I noticed in our yeah, against that Mariners game, and even when I was watching back the highlights of the Brisbane game, the team are it feels like they're trying to play an attacking game of, of football, which is really nice to watch. It's really pleasant. It involves fans. Yeah, it gives you some energy. But when we give the ball away and we go into that transition phase and we're on the counter, we just don't seem to be able to to get back quite quick enough. There's just there's something. There's a missing something there, and our players are getting caught a little bit flat-footed. So, for example, in the Brisbane game and in the Mariners game, like Mackenzie Barry's coming up out of the defensive line to provide cover, um, which means that then, you know, so she's covering for someone who's in front of her because the ball's been given away, which means there's a gap behind her, and it kind of becomes a domino effect. So that's something that perhaps, you know, maybe the, the team need to be thinking about is how do we 
position ourselves better for those for, for that counterattack in those transitional players. Silly turnovers that are then counterattacked. I mean, that's how they got their second goal. They I think you. I think you're spot on, Jonathan, with that. I, you know, you guys are making incredible points here around just not, not hustling back and being figured out. Hey, you two, I'm going to have to sign off. Uh, just a quick one for me tonight. You guys have uh, talk it out. All right. Have a good Thanks, night. Thanks, Denise. Have Thanks, a good night. So we have City who are, despite their bloody loss, uh, we could talk about a Unite round, but it's despite their loss yesterday, are still sort of the runaways. It's a way. Uh, look, I still have faith that we can play well enough. Like if we start taking our chances and things like that, if a keeper has an off day, the Silkowitz was incredible against against us. Um, you never know. But I, what do you think? City away. I think we. I think a draw. I think we could. We could eke out a draw. I think uh, if the players are feeling confident, they're mentally ready, and they can go out there with a with a an all or nothing thing. Like if we win, fantastic. If we lose, so what? We keep going forward. If I think if they can get that mentality, then we could we go. We could possibly roll them. I think a draw is is, is definitely um, not. You know, losing is not guaranteed. On any day, any team in the league could be anyone, and our girls could absolutely wipe City if they if they can just find that missing link, which is that cohesion or that something. Then we could roll them. That magic that we had earlier in the mm. set, but that magic's always been missing away, apart from the uh, Wanderers batch, and that was back when Wanderers were not doing well. I just don't know. And you know, like they've been on the road. It'll be, I think, it'll be their, their third week um, on the road, staying away from home. No, they're um, flown back in Australia. No, I think they're flown. Oh, back. they're flown they back. Flew okay. back on Saturday, so they've been. They'll have flown, uh, which is probably welcome for most of them to go home for um for a little bit. Um, even though it means we get back to that the travel thing, but staying in in Australia didn't work for us anyway like in terms of our away form improving so yeah we'll see look I, you, you, it's true we can beat anyone um but this will be a tough a tough job yeah you got i mean city is just stacked stacked with talent they're way out in front on the table i think we can just go into it with an let's just you know, hopefully the players just go, look, let's just go for it. Let's, what what do we got to lose? Like, you know, like just get, just have a go. No, you know, upset them, throw them off their game. You know, it could go our way. Maybe there's been a bit of pressure, like, um, and I think also on our, our younger players, but the team as well that we've had this wonderful start to the season and now it's dropping off um, and maybe you've lost the confidence to hold on to a lead. You know, um, so maybe coming up against City, who would it expect to win? Uh, maybe that's just a bit of a bit liberating of thinking like, you know, um, okay, we don't have a great chance here. Let's just just do it, rather than the sense of we should be beating this team, we should be beating this team. 
Yeah. Roll the dice. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, we could get thrashed by Amelia Ickich, but because <laughs> um, I've put up some very good performances recently, City. But uh, let's let's talk about the Unite round. You said you watched all of the dub. I watched, I watched a lot of it, and um, I thought, uh, you know, um, Michelle Heyman getting her hundredth goal, and then moment. within within like a minute or so getting her hundred and first goal, that was that was something like that was you couldn't script it any better for your night round. And then there was I think it was Lagazzo who played her was her fiftieth or hundredth game, and someone else. You know, played their 50th or 100th game. It's like you can't script the Unite, like a storyline for Unite round any better than that. And then for the last game of the round altogether, with that men's match with the, with the, with you know seven goal thriller with the Knicks and Perth, like sure, you know Unite round's going to take a little while to bed in. But when the quality of football is that good and there's those stories happening, then really, really cool. I actually I didn't I didn't pick the Canberra game to be the game of the round, but I think it was. I think that was the for the dub, that was the, that was the match that was the highlight for me. That was great. Um, so we had a good time. I uh, attended all three days. So I spent the first day at Leichhardt Oval because the next one were there. Second day was free for me, like because there was no next games. Decided to go to Leichhardt Oval, uh, and then I was at Combank for yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Yesterday, <laughs> Sunday. Anyway. Um, we had so much fun as dub fans. I think there were a lot of people that spent time together that don't get to spend time together that much. So, like, um, the first day we had um, we had a meet-up near Leichhardt Oval. There were fans from Victory. There were fans from Raw. There were fans from the Knicks. There were fans from Glory. We all had a really good – there were neutral fans. There were some Sydney FC fans. Uh, and – we had there drinks. was there was Bonnie and her partner who were fans of every team possible because they had a shirt for every player of like a player of every team. <laughs> That's right, uh, and you know they once the t- we often separated off, but you'd follow someone. So I watched the first half of the uh, Jets Raw game, um, sitting with the uh, Jets fans and the neutrals, and then I went and sat with the. Raw fans for the second half. It was just a great big dub love fest. It was absolutely, it was absolutely fantastic. And the Heyman goal, uh, I think, was the highlight um, of the women's A League matches for me. We celebrated as if she were our own. There were a lot of people from a lot of different, you know, there were. It was just a gaggle of us, and actually, we were being a bit selfish because they. They were attacking the other end for the first half. And every time Michelle Helm Helm got the ball, we were like, no, 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 save your goal for the second half so you can do it in front of us. (laughs) And she she did in the end. And uh, we had streamers and banners and we're like screaming our heads off. Um, What a moment. What a moment. It's a pity that it didn't happen in front of Canberra. Uh, more Canberra fans, so it was supposed to be a home game for them, but I think she got a reception from the neutrals that I hope partly made up for that. And what's cool too is that Michelle and the team took time after the match to interact with the people that were there. Like, even like she's got achieved this incredible thing, and she's like, 
hey, no, I'll come. I'm going to come in. Yeah, you want to get a photo with me? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, you got a flag. You got a banner. Cool, let's do it. Like, just that's class. That that that's class. And what just what a lovely human being. Like that that is that's so cool. So cool to see. Um, and I think that happened with quite a number of teams. Um, there's a couple of people that you know fly to the next we follow on Instagram who are Sydney siders, and they were able to meet a lot of players who they look up to across the weekend and it's like that that is just so rewarding and fulfilling you know for the for the fans to be able to interact with their their heroes yeah it was so good and to see neutral games um and like i said to to see so many traveling fans um absolutely uh incredible so yeah the the Victory Vikings, they, they showed up with Viren, they showed up with their drum, they showed up with so many shirts, especially uh, Bonnie and Simon. Uh, there was one match at which they literally, actually Eric Sibiano, who we've had on the pod before as well, did the same thing where they just like, every 15 minutes they'd swap a shirt. They'd just like take off the shirt that they currently have and put on a new one. It was really something. Um, and they came and cheered on the Knicks with us when we played Mariners. It was Honestly, um, you know, Unite Round was not perfect in some ways, but I think for the dub diehards, I think that the ones mm. who showed up had a fantastic time. It was it was so good. I mean, yeah, when you step back and look at it, there's a lot of football. And we have a lot of football every weekend. It's just that this time it all happened to be in one location, um, well, one, one city. So overall... My reflect I mean, my reflections on it as far as the unite round for the dub. I thought it went. I think it was a success. I think from from what I've seen, um, it's pretty good. Besides losing to the Mariners and and Sydney, somehow I have no idea how they did it, but they somehow managed to beat Western United one nil. Um, besides those two things, the whole all the rest of it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there have been some <clears throat> concerns out there with the way that it's run. I think it's it would be nice if um, it was held at a time where they could do three games in a day. Then they could mm. condense it. Um, it would also be awesome if they could – I mean, this is something that is, you're going to struggle with at any, at any place, is to have somewhere that, like, the stadiums are close enough together that you can sort of walk if you want to – change in that 40-minute period between uh, matches. I think um, home teams not getting – was it the, the cost of the games uh, was was quite high for some people. I mean, for the dub, it was 20 bucks for two games. Like That really wasn't that bad. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's some challenges like that. I think also it would be nice if, uh, for the dub if it was an extra round like they did with the men. It was slapped together in a lot of ways. I think it was slapped together. Um, I think with planning, it could be done a little bit better. Um, maybe a time of the year where we can have more games. Um, maybe sorting out pricing a bit better. Maybe uh, teams not losing home games because uh, that's <clears> still a, a bugbear of mine. I really wish that that game had been at home. Um, I think it was great. I really enjoyed myself. The crowds weren't huge for the men's games, but that's going to happen with a unite round. I think it'll grow. I think I think they should. I mean, I, I think they're locked in to do it again in Sydney because that the grand final deal was for three years. 
Um, I think hopefully they can plan it a bit better. But look, I think there were like 47,000 people through the gates. Obviously, a lot of those will be repeated people, but the total attendance was like 47,000, which I honestly don't think is that bad. Um, yeah, I, there, there are definitely some adjustments to be made. Uh, I think it can be improved. So that would be, in, yeah, an average of 7,500 people per stadium per day. That's not too bad, given that, I mean, there's a lot of football going on. I mean, it was obviously pushed up by the home games, home men's games in particular, for um, Wanderers and Sydney FC. But, yeah, look, there weren't as many people at, like, the dub games when, like, on Saturday there weren't as many because there weren't um, – so there was only two games, two days at Leichhardt. There were more on the, se- the first day because it was a Mariners game and a lot of Mariners fans showed up. So there's definitely improvements to be made. I'm looking forward to it next season. Presumably it will be on. Um, see how it goes next season. I think it will improve. And then maybe keep it as something that floats around the different um, different cities that can can bid on it, so long as they can host it. I think that would be great. So touching back on something that we mentioned before, which is VAR, if the, if the cameras are in the stadium and they're there, would it be a worthwhile experiment to have VAR for the Unite Round for the dub? The problem is that for consistency's sake, you've, it's all or nothing. So you either have to have VAR or no VAR. It's not fair for certain teams or certain locations to have VAR and others to not. That's the issue with it. So you could have, like, these double headers, you potentially could relatively easily have VAR, even though I know for a fact that in a lot of places, uh, double headers, they'll just not even turn some of the cameras on for the women's game, which is really frustrating because the cameras are set up. Um, It's a cost thing, and I don't know why they don't just stump it up, considering the APL are the ones that are producing the matches. Um. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Is it, It's all or nothing. I mean, maybe they could find a way that they test it for a round, but that's the issue. You, you can't just go, oh, we'll switch it on for this, this game, but not for another. So any other thoughts about Unite Round? Uh, well, at least the dub, the dub end? Um, no, I just think, I yeah, no, it was an interesting... Because uh, we're kind of, I mean, I've heard, you know, a few uh, commentators say, oh, we're halfway midway, you know, we're kind of still early in the season, early in the season. I think we're actually midway now. And the Unite round is really well placed for for everyone to see and to measure where they're at. Um, so from that regard, I thought, yeah, it was, it was good. And I, I enjoyed it as, a, as someone sitting at home watching from, a, you know, four hours travel, air track flight away you know, on the other side of the Tasman. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um, and, you know, it was good to see the active supports turning out, like you say, the little corner of yellow was there, and then we could see Yellow Army, but, you know, there was a bunch of them from the Cove there last night, you know, getting in there behind Sydney, not a whole lot, but enough to be noisy, so seeing that demonstrated support for the game was fantastic, so I really enjoyed that part of it, as well as the football. Um, should we have a chat about the men's game yesterday? What a game. So it was um, it was the suitcase derby, 
because it was the distance derby, but we were playing in a neutral venue. Um, we had a lot of uh, shared friends along. In fact, we had some drinks before the match, and it was half shared, half um, little corner of yellow, like a mix of the two the two fan groups. So um, we've got some good mates in there, which is, again, this is what you want. Like, you don't want this stupid shit of stealing people's banners and, and violence and whatever. Like, you can have a bit of banter during the game, you know, but, like, fucking hell. Anyway, that's a whole other issue that I've whinged about before. Uh, what a roller coaster. We had a really good turnout in the little corner of yellow. Um, we were a little bit lucky that it didn't rain on us. Uh, the wind was blowing in the right direction, that the rain was not blowing on us. It was blowing away from us. We still got a little bit wet. Um, great turnout. We just, on just like the wildest things were happening, like <clears throat> Alex Rufa getting a goal. <laughs> Alex Rufa getting, and oh, even better was that he didn't just get a goal, he got a goal in front of us, and he actually came and celebrated with us. The players never do that. They never do that. But he actually came over to us and, and celebrated with us. Tim Payne scoring a goal. And then uh, Costa with two. That was so back and forth. Absolutely incredible up and down game. The um, One of the perfect... And Alex Rufa not, yeah, not only scored the goal, he got an absolute banger. Like, he cracked nice. it. You know, um, yeah. So, uh, what a... And Costa's on fire. Just Costa Barbarousas is absolutely on fire. You know, to score, you know, in five consecutive matches. Um, his confidence levels are, are sky high, but his ego's not sky high. You know, he's still got his feet on the ground. Just what a what a what a match. And, and you know, and then the um the three goals from Perth. The you know, there was one goal in there that's you know, goal of the goal of the season contender. Um, Incredible. That was Shushnia. He's a centre de- central defender. He's just he's not he's not even a strike. It was an incredible goal. Oh, oh. that that's got to be you know that's going to be at the end of the year when they're doing the awards for goals of the year. That's got to be one of the contenders. It was an absolute. The and way it was to bend on that was incredible. And there was some, you know some discussion on on socials. You know oh you know God I think it was. Um, Dale Warburton didn't watch the whole game and he got up this morning and he commented, oh, you know, I've just seen the, the amount of goals in that match. Was it a goalkeeping problem or was it a was it a good was it a good scoring thing? And Piney jumped on and he's like, mate, it was all about the goals. You could have had any keeper you like out there at either end of the field and there's no way that any keeper could have stopped some of those goals. Not the Alex Paulson and not X, Cook for Perth. The XG... Perth scored three goals for a 0.92 XG. We scored four goals from a 1.21 XG. I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was a brilliant match to to finish the weekend on. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely incredible. And we got those points, and we're back at the top of the league. Chiefy came over, and we're like <laughs> we're like chanting for him. It was. It was great. It was such a good feeling. Every time they sort of got a goal back, we're like, oh, shit. And then we scored another one. Brilliant. More of that, please. Yeah, so it was, it was the wind, the rain, and the phoenix. It just happened to be in Sydney instead of Wellington. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, you know, the, 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 there's, something, there's something special about Chief 
in the way that he coaches, in the way that he gets the best out of his guys. You know, the confidence that he's instilled in them. He's not, you know, he'll play different players. He's brought young ones through. You know, he, he, you know we still there's a couple of positions that, you know, we're kind of still experimenting, trying to get the, the bang on player for. But on the whole, like, top of the table. You know, Paul Temple, you know, keeps saying it's a results-based business. These are the results. When you're number one on the table, that's the result. And that comes, that that's something very, very special. Yeah, just the resilience we have to fight back, you know. I mean, the Glory scored first, seventh minute. You know, they, they we've just got that resilience. That you, you, there's that faith. There's that faith that, like, okay, we've gone down, but we can come back. And it's been brilliant. And, uh, you know, we had people who that was their first away win that they had seen. Um, you know, they'd travelled and they'd come oh, they'd come from New Zealand away before, and that was their first or second time that they actually saw their away win. One of those people lived in Melbourne, to be fair, and uh, we uh, we struggle in Melbourne, which is a uh, you know a bit of a concern for coming up because our next match for them is Melbourne Victory on Friday. That's top of the table clash. That'll be really interesting to see how that goes. The other really interesting you know, thing about last night's match is there was no Zavada. And that, again, as you say, Holly, you know, we've got such a resilient team. Um, and David, you know, David Ball, um, him and Kraev and Costa make this fantastic triangle of attack. And so if Zavada comes back, or if Wingy comes back, we're going to be, even, you know, we're still going to be right up there. So Friday night, it's going to be, you know, I, yeah, um, they were saying, to, you know, Domi was, David Dome was saying that, you know, the pre-sale tickets for this match on Friday are, are beyond what they had, the club were anticipating. So it's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be great atmosphere. And, you know, Friday night football, what, what more could you want but a part, you know, a top of the table clash between the, the two best teams right now? Oh yes, it's at home, of course, and they have they have been advertising that. And uh, it's I was wondering why it was a 5 p.m. kickoff here. No, no, it's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Good. Well, hopefully that that you know pushes us uh, over the line that uh, 12th man, so to speak, the crowd. Uh, and I hope that the Friday night thing works out well for the club. I we don't normally play games on a Friday night in Wellington, I don't think. So, cool. Haven't looked at the haven't looked at the forecast yet, but anything could happen. Knowing Wellington, it could it could be snowing or it could be you know blinking hot. Who knows? We won't know until the day. Oh, well, good on them, and uh, you know, yellow fever will be loud as usual. Yeah. Uh, I, did you? I don't know if you watched the game before that because I know that we haven't covered the men for a couple of rounds. It was Adelaide two, Wellington Phoenix two. We are. We always struggle in Adelaide, massively struggle in Adelaide. I don't know what it is. Um, and despite the fact that Adelaide got a red card quite late, the 83rd minute, we were unable to take advantage of that sort of last 10 minutes or so. Um, it kind of felt like we could have won that game, but on the other hand, when you put it in the context of our Adelaide form, uh, I didn't mind getting a point out of that, especially because they were dangerous right to the end. Um, 
I don't know whether you watched that game or not. Um, I, I don't. Well, it was on a Thursday. I think I was at one holiday at the time. But okay, fair a enough. Point, a, a point on the road is better than nothing. And so, if you can eke out a draw when you're playing away from home, and and can keep just that topping up the points and staying up on the table, a draw is as good as a win, especially against quality composition. That's true. There's that sort of formula I don't know how much it's it's really worth but that like you can win a championship when you, you win at home and you draw away and that's sort of a formula for for a championship winning season so well there's only one way to find out how we continue uh, and that's to tune in uh, so it's Friday night for the men and then the women are oops which day are the women Excuse me, they are Saturday. And that'll be 7pm kickoff time for um, New Zealand time. So, amazing. Uh, We'll see how we go. Um, Hopefully the other results go our way, especially for the women's women's league, because uh, we we were not helped this season, um, unfortunately. Um, No, and the... um the the, the 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 yeah. standings the standings in the table right now there's a big log jam you know the, there's only two points separating the fourth team from the ninth team so every game matters uh, whether it's a draw or a win like all those points matter because the teams that are beneath us and the woman in the dub on the table are rising the teams above us are just as good so if we can click. We can we can rock it right up straight back up into the top you know top five top four top five if we lose uh, depending on how other results go we drop way right down the table but we are in touch which is much more a better position than we've been the last two seasons when we were seller dwellers so fingers crossed I agree it is very tight so it, it did feel very depressing to drop out of the top six yesterday and um i don't know what happened to melbourne city i know that wanderers have been really really good but uh city missed a penalty and hannah wilkinson i believe also had a couple of sitters or at least one sitter it is what it is you're right up we should have faith in the fact that you know fourth is 17 fifth is 17 sixth is 17 we're on 16 and then eighth ninth and or eighth and ninth are on 15 points it, it's that's incredibly tight so anything can happen Yep. We could really do and it. And it probably win. will. Hopefully it does. Hopefully something does happen and it goes our way. All right. Any other thoughts? Um, no. No? Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, as another reminder, we are on all of the regular podcast platforms. And we will see you next time. Bye.